Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. A few episodes ago, we did a little bonus program where I shared a story of myself and Lou Holtz out in a golf course. And we have just gotten rave reviews from you folks. And a lot of you have never heard me uh, speak in front of a live audience and uh, didn't realize we could have as much fun and crack people up, I guess, as much. So I'm here in the studio today with uh, my producer, Dave Lally. How are you, David? Good morning, sir. And uh, we're going to do another one of these. And this is another very, very uh, well-received story that has a great point to it. And I think it'll be... Uh, Edutainment. It'll be entertaining and educational at the same time. And it's uh, a story that is about a, me going on a sabbatical to get some rest and relaxation that somehow turned into something other than rest and relaxation. But as always, at the end, there was a great lesson to be learned. So let's go live to the event and hear about my little excursion in Vancouver, Canada. Now, I've told you all kinds of stories now I'm going to tell you a personal story about being coached. I didn't know it was a coaching story at the time. Beverly realizes once a year I need to go away. That's what she says. <laughs> and so for the past 20 years, I do a lot of travel. It's pretty intense what I do. So I go and I'll take at least a week somewhere and I'll go to find some beautiful place and I'll go to some place and I focus on my health and I'll go do a lot of exercise and I'll do a lot of thinking, do a lot of journaling, do a lot of praying, doing a lot of all that good stuff. And so for five years, I would go to this one place up in British Columbia, in Canada, and oh my goodness, and that is just a gorgeous place up there, the Comox Valley, and I would do these 25 and 40 kilometer hikes a day, do good eating and all this kind of good stuff, just out in nature, just by myself, getting my noodles straight. Well, it was my fifth year going, and my son Anthony, who was 15 at the time, goes, Dad, you know when you go on your man trips, I'd like to come with you sometime. So I, okay. All right, that'd be great. Do some daddy time and, you know, bonding. He's getting ready a couple of years, go to college. It's be awesome. So we fly up to the Comox Valley. And so here we go. So every day we're out hiking. And we're doing these, you know, 40-kilometer hikes up the mountains and over the, you know, grizzly bear country and all that kind of stuff. Great. Well, after two days of this, he's 15. He's going, Dad, really? We're just going to walk every day? Well, you know, so we're spending time. Yeah, you know, I love you, Dad. But, I mean, is there anything more exciting so I talked to the guy who's running the place. I go, okay, my kid wants to do something a little more adventurous than hike up a hill. And I go, do you have anything? He goes, I know. He goes, there's a guy in this region. His name is Nils. And he's a legend. He's a legend. He does this thing called heli skiing. He does it in the Himalayas. And you name the celebrity, you name the world leader. He's taken them up in, the, in a helicopter and they jump out of a perfectly good helicopter and they ski down the Himalayas. And I go... He goes, well, here's the good news. He's here in town. He's home for a month. He said, he'll have you hike a glacier. Oh, okay. Great. So I've been to Greenland. I know what glaciers look like. They're flat and they kind of go along. They're great. So this is awesome. And I'm going to be the hero to my kid, right? I'm going to take, come on, kid. Come do this man stuff. So we go and we meet with, here's the crew right here. We're taking off. We're going to get up on the helicopter. 
because we've got to go up in the helicopter. And so here we are, and the guy's putting on a show. He's laying out all the hiking gear, and these clampons, or crampons are called, and they hook into the ice, and there's ice picks, and then they got these harnesses, and it's like the, the Michael Jackson starter kit type thing, you know, and, and he's putting all this show on. I mean, this is great. He's putting on the shtick for the kid, right? I mean, we're going to go hike this thing. And he's, he's doing this whole thing, and he goes, now, here's the, here's the safety procedures. And he goes, if you have a situation, and you, you're sliding down the glacier, you take your axe, and you roll, and you dig it in, and you dig it in, and you do this, and he's demonstrating on the ground, and I'm like, this is awesome. Right? It's like, a, like an exhibit. It's great. He's putting on a show. So we get into the helicopter. There's no doors on the thing. Okay? Okay. We get in the helicopter, and all of a sudden, we're going through these mountains. There's fog. We're like right away. And I'm like, good morning, Vietnam. What the frost is going on here? I mean, it's like... I'm like, well, hey, where's the hiking? And all of a sudden, we go up this thing. And so now he starts shouting back to us, when you get out, when you get out, roll, roll. Don't stand up. You'll be decapitated. Roll. I'm like, what? Where's the yoga class? So he goes, down, dive, down, dive. So out we go, down, dive. And the helicopter's on this edge, and it's just right above our heads. So I'm laying on the ground, like, what the heck is happening here? And as I look up, the helicopter's leaving. Plan B just left. Okay. All right, be a man. I'm fake it till I make it. Don't embarrass myself in front of the kid. Get the Michael Jackson starter kit on, do the whole thing. You're strapped onto one another, and we start off. So not so scary. Okay, the, the beginning was scary. So we start hiking. Then it starts getting a little steeper. Then a little steeper. Mount Matchley, the second highest mountain in the entire western Canadian Rockies. So all of a sudden, Nils breaks out. And he goes, this is great. Look, there's a chasm. Today we're going to demonstrate how to belay across a chasm. So Nils, who's one of those guys with like the metabolism of, you know, he could go to the Red Inn buffet three times a day and lose six pounds, you know, that kind of a thing. And so he does this whole thing and he fires something across. I didn't quite catch it. It sticks into this rock. He has his little rope and he literally, like a gazelle, takes off and goes with this rope and he's up. I'm just hoping somebody took notes on what just happened there. So he shouts back across. He goes, okay. We're going to belay you across, so we're going to belay and crevasse. So we got all our gear. He goes, okay, guys, a couple things. Follow the lead in front of you. Don't make it too tight. And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't unhook. Okay? Fair enough. Now, I had just gone to the store to buy my hiking boots, that were like bricks. You know when you don't have shoes that are broken in there like bricks? Okay? So I'm walking up the hill like this, right? I got the crampons on, I got the gear, the Michael Jarson starter kit, the whole thing, yada, yada. AJ goes in forward of me, okay? This is the Division I football player, and he goes across. And he kind of does what your man does. He gets on the front, the guy pulls the rope, up the mountain. It's about a 30-foot climb, bang, 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 he's up. And he goes, awesome! You next, Dad! I'm an athlete. Motivational speaker. Yeah, let's go. Crevasse. I jump. I kind of sprawl across this thing. 
<laughs> I thump into the other side. I climb over. I'm getting it going. I'm getting them going. I'm climbing up the wall. The ice is melting. The boots aren't digging into the holes they're supposed to because they're new. So I'm digging, digging. I'm sliding down, sliding down. Nails are getting torn. Sliding down, sliding down. And all of a sudden, the rope goes dunk. And now as I slip, I see ice come back, and I know I'm pulling AJ down. Now, there's a 2,000-foot drop in the crevasse. So now I'm risking him. Now this isn't going good. Now I'm kind of freaked out, and so I unhook. I dive back across the crevasse. I'm sliding down the other side. I take out my little ice axe as I'm careening, and I dig my shoulder in like my coach told me to. Okay? There's a bit of a mess on the ice at this stage. So now, Nils goes, oh, you unhooked. That's not good. So he takes the rope, fires it back across. He goes, Brian, are you in the Boy Scouts? Yeah. Do you know how to tie the knots? Nope. So we're doing this whole thing. I tie this thing on. He goes, okay. Now he knows he's got a situation, but he's as cool as a cucumber because he's helped a lot of people with this. Now, here's the thing. I am now in a state of panic. My heart is literally, I'm having an anxiety attack. I did not know I was afraid of heights until right that second. It turned out I'm afraid of dying to a painful death in 2,000 feet, but... <laughs> True? So he goes, all right. And now he digs in. This is why this guy gets paid all this money. This is why he does all he does. He goes, he had researched me left, right, and center. And he had never said a word. And he goes, Brian, you're a great coach. You help people all day long. He goes, you know, in the motivational business, people say, I'm going to climb a mountain. You've got to climb the mountain. He says, you're going to climb a mountain today. He goes, you're going to climb a mountain today. And you know how you're going to do it? You're going to do it one foot at a time. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to tie it on the rope. I want you to dive across. When you dive across, I'm going to pull the rope. It'll give you some strength. Then I want you to dig your way up that face and then come over the top. And so I just did what he told me. And I dove and I dug. And it was not pretty. It was not gazelle-like. Okay? It was more like an octopus making love to a set of bagpipes type thing. And there is lots of noise, but not a lot of action type thing. And so... I get up the top, cuts, blood, the whole thing. I get across. I get up the top, and AJ's just sitting there. Now, I am freaked out, anxiety, fearful, and embarrassed in front of my son. This was supposed to put hair on his chest, not remove all mine. And I'm sitting there, and he goes, Dad, wasn't that awesome? And I'm just like, okay. So the guy knows what he's got in his hand. He says, okay, bro, I'm going to switch the order. I want you to come behind me. And we have to go up the most steep part of this incline, and then we go out like this to get over the top. It turns out it's the highest peak in Vancouver. So he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to dig a hole for my foot. I'll dig a hole for my hand. I want you to put your hand where my foot was, your foot where my hand was, and dig behind me. He says, keep about 10 to 12 feet behind. Just do what I do. Follow what I follow. He said, people talk about climbing a mountain. You are going to climb a mountain. He says, you're a coach. You're getting coached. This is how it works. This is how it works. Now, here's the thing. I did what he did, but I'm a realtor, so I didn't take the coaching exactly the way he gave it to me. I didn't stay 12 feet behind him. I stayed 10 millimeters behind that guy. My nose was up his rear end. I know what he had for lunch. I'm, he put his foot there. I put my hand there. He put his foot there. I put my hand there. And we got up that freaking mountain. Now, here's the thing. I'm at the top. I'm exhausted. 
I have used every ounce of adrenaline and fear-based freaking whatever in my system. I am totally embarrassed. And I'm sitting there. Now, we've reached this mountaintop. Apparently, mountain climbers, there's like this top of every mountain. They build this little rock-type thing, and they put a can in there, and you can write your name in it, whatever else, and you take your picture on top of the precipice. And so here's AJ. Turns out he was the youngest man to ever climb Mount Matchley in Vancouver, Canada. They go, okay. Here's Nils. Here's Charlie Studd wearing the Michael Jackson starter kit. And behind that is a 3,400 vertical jump. And he says, come on up here and take a photograph. And I went, no freaking way. <laughs> now, he looks at me, and here's the thing. I am totally embarrassed. I'm just embarrassed. I let myself down. I didn't handle this thing the way I thought I'd handle it. It kind of exposed some gaps in fitness I thought I had <laughs> covered. I've got my kid... And I've all this stuff gone through. And this guy turns to me and he goes, that is one of the best days I've ever had. He goes, that was inspiring. He goes, let me tell you. He goes, taking a mountain climber up this hill. Now that's not much to that. He said, but here's what happened. He said, for someone like me, getting a chance to coach someone like you and to help you get over your fears and to help you get over your limitations and to help you go do something that many years from now, you're going to be extremely proud you did. He goes, that's why I do what I do. And it was at that moment, was the first time ever, even though I'd been in this business for years and years and years, then I understood why I did what I did. Because that's the juice. People come and they hear Brian Buffini's story. Little immigrant that made the fortune and all that kind of good stuff. I'm not here to tell you my story. What inspires me is people that trust. Jump across the ravine even if it doesn't feel good, even if they don't feel like they're winning, even if they don't feel like they're succeeding. We have helped an awful lot of people get to the top of the mountain. And they didn't always feel great when they got there. But I'm going to tell you, that's what makes me feel alive. That's why when the recession came, millions of dollars went out. And here's what I'm going to tell you. That's what we want to do for you. We want to help you climb the mountain. Whatever the mountain is in your business, whatever the mountain is in your life. It's a privilege to do this work. And it's an honor to be leading this group of people that do this stuff, and I want to thank you for that. All right. Bless you. So, Brian, you just decided you were going to climb a mountain, having never done it before. Well, again, you know, shame is a powerful motivator, and, you know, you're trying to be a big man on campus to your kid and not be boring dad. Right. So it was quite the trip, but, again... Phenomenal experience, uh, looking back on it. Uh, yeah. A little rough at the time. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Uh, there's so many great parts. Belay and crevasse and don't unhook. This Nils guy, he played it very cool. How freaked out were you? Yeah, I, I would say this. I have never actually been that scared in my life. You know, I was almost killed in a car wreck on a motorcycle accident years ago. I've had a couple of hairy things take place here and there. But that genuinely, I've never had a panic attack before, but I actually, mm. I panicked. I mean, literally, you know, the chemical makeup of my body and the adrenaline, I literally fritzed the system. And the circuits in my brain were fritzed, my body, my adrenals, emotionally and physically fritzed at the same time. I can honestly say that happened. So it was kind of a wild deal. And that's what makes it such a cool story. I think people get a good laugh out of it because they've all had different variations of that themselves. 
you know, old Nils, he was a cool customer and he knew his craft. Right. And he also did something I really believe in. He knew his customer and he knew all about me. Mm -hmm. He knew what buttons to push and he knew what would motivate me. He knew like being the real thing was a big deal to me. And, uh, you know, people say they're going to climb a mountain. You're going to climb a mountain. Like that's, oh yeah. you know, he, he, so he knew what buttons to push. He knew his craft, but he knew me. And that's a recipe for success right there. Yeah, he sounds like a cool guy. Yeah. I, I love the lesson uh, learned. I tend to be fairly free-spirited. It's hard for me to reach out for help. I definitely don't like being told what to do. So I'm listening to that. Yeah. Kind of cool that all those things came together. That guy was actually inspired by your reaction to his coaching you along the process and basically getting you up and down that mountain. Mm. Did it impact other areas for you in life? Well, I think, I mean, as I said at the time, I mean, I didn't understand until I was on top of that mountain what I'd been doing for 15 years in leading a coaching organization. Right. Like, because it just so put me in the spot. You know, as you know, we often will tell stories, these remarkable stories of people we've coached who turned their business of life around in radical ways. And most of those people, when we go to tell their story, the part that's the best part of their story, as you know, is the thing they're kind of embarrassed about. Mm -hmm. And it is the thing oh yeah I wouldn't want to put that on a resume or these are the feelings I had or I let myself down or I let my guard down or I let my image down or I let my false self down but the truth of the matter is it's those things that truly are inspirational to people inspirational movies all require somebody to go through very difficult circumstances yes and so you know he knew I did something that I probably couldn't do myself Uh, he knew that I was in a spot where the stakes were high. I mean, I'm up on that mountain. The helicopter's gone. There's no way down. The only way down that mountain, it's interesting. It's like life in this. I hadn't actually thought about it until we're talking about this second. The other side of Mount Matchley is a cakewalk. Hmm. And I've seen that in business. I've seen that in health. I've seen that in my own relationships. I've seen that certainly financially. You know, it's a bear getting up the hill. Hmm. But when you fight up the hill... The other side's a cakewalk. In many times, you got momentum on your side. And walking down Mount Matchley was like literally a literal walk in the park. Oh, my. It was beautiful. It was amazing. These glaciers, as Bear Girls would say, were flat. And they had these gentle slopes down to one another. And it was magnificent. And there was a part of me like, why the heck can we come up this way? <laughs> but, you know, as I'm talking to you now, that's really the deal. They say it's hard to make the first million. Well, it's hard to save the first thousand bucks. Mm. You know, the truth of the matter is, it's you got to do the hard stuff first, and then the good stuff comes. And I will say this: there's not a chance in God's green earth that I would have got up that mountain and survived that without having a skilled practitioner to get me through it. That's I believe sure. that. Yeah, you put yourself in interesting positions always. Mm-hmm. I've known you a long time, and you, <laughs> maybe people realize this: they see you up on stage, like you've taught yourself how to play piano in about five days ahead of doing it in front of 7,000 people you have a great jump in there and get it done but I have to ask you would you do it again? Mm. I might with him you know I can't say I, I would say in some regards I almost crystallized my fear of heights even more after going through it I bet but the other side of it was it probably intensified my trust for people who are experts at what they do. Hmm. And he was a total pro. And again, he's had the who's who of entertainment and business and movie stars and whatever else. 
and he knows who they are and what they are and he's able to treat them like people because when he gets them to jump out of a helicopter on top of the Himalayas with a pair of skis on them he has to know who he has on his hands too mm-hmm. you know but at the end of the day I think I might go up again with him I might go up again with one of my other kids probably one of the boys they are one of the girls too to get them over the hump but uh, I, I think at the end of the day what it crystallized for me was I, in fact in my business life today I seek out people who are experts at what they do I'm not going to go over the crevasse with you know the handyman who climbs once in a while when I'm trying to do something in business when I'm trying to integrate a sophisticated software program or if we're trying to bring in some financial investment side of things or we're growing our staff we have learned the discipline at our company to go and get really really top drawer people who are really skilled who also take a great interest in you and then when I find out that's what I have I give a greater level of trust to those people give them more autonomy and they end up doing better for me Mm -hmm. and so that's probably related to that mountain climbing as anything I got one last question for you. All right. I'm just listening to the story today, listening to you just kind of realize this new aspect to it. You've written books before. Mm-hmm. I've read a lot of books that don't have that much content in them. <laughs> I feel like there's a book coming out of this. Come on. No, who knows? You know, who knows? But I, again, I hope this is something that people get benefit from. And that's why we're doing this stuff. You know, we made this commitment to the Brian Buffini show because we want to influence positively more people. Mm. We want to impact more people on a broader scale than we have through our coaching and our events. And this is a great format to do it. And I love doing it. I love having no strings attached and just being a great resource to people and blessing them and giving them good information. And there's plenty more to come. And so uh, it's great. I'm really enjoying this process. And, uh, you know, I thank you for your help in producing this show. And I hope for the folks listening. If this has been a blessing to you, tell your friends. That's what we want you to do. Simple as that. Tell them to subscribe for free to The Brian Buffini Show. Well, I have a little tradition. I like to leave you with an Irish blessing on your way out the door, whether you're on the bottom of the valley or you're up on top of the mountain. May the roads rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. We'll see you next time. 